Wow. Okay. So this is the next day after recording that podcast. And the reason why I didn't record this intro, usually I try to record them right away after I do the, the interviews themselves. But man, uh, the, the interview with Winky left me so just, I don't even know what the word is kind of, I don't want to say weighted down because it was a good thing. It was, there was such a heavy feeling of, uh, hearing about which you're about to watch, you're about to hear about these people who Charles Finney and David Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz and Mario Murillo and all of these people who are just Leonard Ravenhill, who are just powerhouses for the Lord and their stories and Charles Finney and these these people who just they left it all on the table when they live their lives and continue to to this day, they leave everything on the table for the Lord. And there's so many just wild miracles, really powerful things that are in these in these testimonies that Winky shares about from his own life as well. And so th- this particular version that you're going to be listening to or watching, depending if you're doing this through audio or through our YouTube channel, it is edited. There's there uh, usually I don't edit. There's only been a couple interviews that I've edited anything in. I decided to cut out some parts that aren't meant to go on YouTube. Winky doesn't really produce a lot on YouTube itself as a platform. And so I wanted to be really respectful of that and make sure that, um, I kept it as tight as I could and put as much in as I could on the, um, the YouTube or, or just widespread kind of um, podcast, Apple Music, all that kind of stuff. So this is not the full interview. If you want the full interview, what we're doing is, and this is free, it doesn't cost you anything. If you want the full interview, you have to go onto our website, revivalcarriers.com, and you have to sign up for our newsletter. If you sign up for our newsletter, you'll get the full interview. You'll get access to the full interview. Now, if this is far after the fact, then you can write in and you can ask, just write the email, the the, the contact. It, once you've signed up for the newsletter, we'll get a, a notification that you've signed up for our newsletter, which we send out, I send out teachings every week and there will be, there continue to be more behind the scenes stuff, more interviews, things that we aren't going to be putting on social media that you can find that you'll only get through the newsletter, like the Threads of Revival course. If you sign up for the newsletter right now at the time of recording this, you'll get a promo code that gives you 50% off of the course. So there's all kinds of really cool things that come through the newsletter that we don't post on social media. So if you want to be a part of that, whether it's for Winkies, uh, for, for this particular interview or for future things like this, then go ahead and go sign up. Now, if this is after the fact, if this interview is older and you're watching this a year from now or a year from the recording or whenever, and you're like, I, I wanted to sign up because I want the interview with Winky, then, then once you sign up for the newsletter, send us an email and request the interview with Winky. And we will send you a link that will allow you to watch the interview or send you a copy of the newsletter from right now that will allow you to watch uh, the, the interview. The one thing, though, is because this is an in-house interview, this is for people who are part of the Revival Carriers Ministry, who are signed up on the newsletter, uh, please do not share this link with anyone. Just keep it to yourself. Don't share it. At least certainly don't put it on social media. You can share it with friends, but don't put it on social media or anything like that, please. So I hope you enjoyed it. I know I I did. I'm still, I got up real early, and I was just thinking about it and praying about all the things that he said. Winky sent me a bunch of really amazing materials afterwards, which he references uh, a few times here in the interview. It's so powerful. I know that you're going to enjoy it. So be blessed and 
enjoy Winky Pratney. Making heaven on earth is our business. Serve the Lord. That is one of our favorite mottoes. I believe that the Church of Jesus Christ needs a new revelation of the majesty of God. I've realized that the Holy Spirit, He's here. He's waiting on all of us. Just a, a, a tiny bit of our heart to want Him. He'll come in and change your whole life. So can I can I ask you what this is something I've really been asking God about lately is what is that why is it that some people they can spend hours and hours in Bible study and all this and it doesn't seem there isn't doesn't seem to be that power behind it and then other people they're spending just as much time with the Lord but man it's like this fire what what is that how, I mean I know it's the anointing I know but like how, how do they approach God differently to get that kind of result I, I'm i not sure of the details on that, but I did tell you about James Tour. Yeah. And and James spends at three in the morning, this is every day in his life since he got saved, which is about 35 years ago. At three in the morning, he spends an hour just reading the Bible and he reads nothing but the Bible. He doesn't read books on the Bible or other versions of the Bible. He just reads the Bible. And then he goes down to a gym and he works out for an hour and a half. And then he arrives at Rice at about five in the morning. And he's still there until five at night for five days. And then he just goes back home and his wife's saved and his children are saved. And it's just, he's that kind of person too. Wow. So uh, the, the sense of that, and I don't know, did I get to send you uh, and I, I should have, if I haven't already. The, um, Oberlin College's hundredth anniversary. Did I? I don't think I don't think that? you sent me that one. Okay, the, this is uh, about a hundred years old now. But the hundredth year of Oberlin, which is the place Finney started, and remember, Finney saw over two and a half million people get saved. Yeah. As a consequence of his awakenings that happened with him, and and. Um, that's without television or radio, even sound systems. You, you think this is wow, unbelievable amazing. what we're looking at here. But in it, they asked Finney's oldest grandson if he would share at that 100th anniversary of his grandfather. And so he got up and uh, he said, I'm going to tell you some things about my grand grandfather that nobody's ever heard that nobody knows. And they all, I'm sure they thought, oh, they're going to talk about all the girls he had on the side and the drugs that he was using. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, one of the opening statements of what Fanny's thing is, people thought that revival was something for children. It's kind of something get, they get over as they get older and they, they don't need that anymore. And it, a lot of people that become Chris, Christians uh, do so as a child, you know, when they're not smart enough to know what the, what the reality of life is like. And he said that never happened with Finney. He was over 30 years old mm. when he got saved. And then as he talks about the things, 
I have to send it to you because I've always wondered, like you just wondered, what is the thing that that does some of those people do where they get totally fascinated with God and their things and other people can spend the same time and doesn't seem to happen for them. Yeah. So he, I thought, you know, people have done a lot of many movies or documentaries on famous Christians, you know, Wesley, and they've done people in the Bible like Paul and, you know, it's just a bunch of different little movies or documentaries of some sort. But nobody's ever done one on Finney. And I thought, why is that? You know, why? They, they say Finney turned America into the, into the 20th century. <laughs> when I started reading this thing, I realized why. He said, um, nobody has ever heard, I didn't say heard, has ever read uh, one of my grandfather's messages. Mm. And I thought, what is he talking about? This whole book's full of stuff on funny stuff that he wrote. But then I realized he said the time when he was asked, invited by the lawyers, it was about, a, I think, more than a hundred lawyers, and they're all cynical guys. And this is all, you know, looking at atheism and all that stuff. I think they invited him because they heard that he was, you know, he had a lawyer background. And, and so they invited him along. And the, the guy who was president over the lawyers thing, they weren't all cynics, but they invited him to come probably to laugh to, when they heard him. He preached for five hours. Oh, wow. Five hours. He said to them, if what I am saying is not real, then I will join you in whatever you want to do. But if it isn't, you need to meet God. And then he started. And the scary thing is this. When, you know, my friend is Mario Murillo, you know. Yeah, yeah. We've been friends for, I don't know, 45 years now. And both of us have a hunger for awakening. Mario is in the middle of one right now. It's happening in different places. He's had to keep on moving his house from wherever it was to somewhere else. But anyway, um, we did a lot of stuff together in the early days. This is we're talking about sixties now, uh, with Assemblies of God camps. About five hundred kids would go to these camps up in the mountains. So we had musicians like Andre Crouch and you know some of these incredible people there. So they were very powerful things. I did the morning stuff, and my my preaching and my ministry is kind of like bricklaying. I'm I'm more a I'm not a pastor. I'm like a lousy pastor. Like I just I couldn't uh, you know I, I wouldn't be around when they needed me. I'd be somewhere else. So the closest I can ever do with pastoring is maybe send stuff to them, uh, you know, on online and stuff like that. But anyway, my kind of preaching, in in a bit of a way, it's like African. It goes. It starts in one thing and it goes round and round and round and round till it hits the center. So all of those bits get put together into the, the final thing. So my thing was like bricklaying. You put a brick down, you put some cement over the top, you can do another one like that. And mine were filled with movies and music. I, 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 I used music and movies, which is my 
under my arts, those are my two degrees, movies and music. So I used existing music, I used movie clips and all kinds of things to to teach something. But my, my base would stuff me like um, sexual purity, holiness, uh, you know, forgiveness, all just fundamental basic things. So I had about an hour and I actually did a book which never became a big book, but it was sent all over the United States by the AOG and it was called Five Speak Out on Change. And I took five characters in the Bible whose names all begin with 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 the word F. <laughs> so, so anyway, there was those those kinds of things. Oh no, B, it was B. Brabus, Barnabas, you know, all of these different things. So mine was that kind of thing. And it was like almost like plowing the ground, getting putting a a plow down into the thing, breaking up the fallow ground. That was what I did. But at night time Mario would preach. And it was totally supernatural stuff that would happen. He he left college because it was too stupid. <laughs> <laughs> he, we met in a, a little, it might still be there, Anaheim. This is where Faye and I got married in Anaheim, 1967. That's when the, we released the Youth of Flame book, 1967 was done. But in that time, as when I first met Mario, we were going to a church there. Ralph Wilkerson was the pastor. He was no, no relative of David Wilkerson, but he used to do a lot of stuff with Catherine Kuhlman and, you know, those kind of characters in those early revival days. So that was my home church. And I, I, got, a, I got a little note from them. They said, there's a, a, a young guy here, and he's kind of been our... our janitor he, he cleans up stuff <laughs> but i think you might like to meet him so so i i went to a little restaurant it's called the carousel and looked a bit like a merry-go-round so i get there at about 10 and mario comes this little short strange looking guy about my height and, and uh at 10 at six o'clock we were still there wow. sharing what what we felt god had given us to do then Mario went to Northern California and I stayed for a block of time in Southern California. But over those years, watching Mario and realizing the power, another one of my good friends is a guy called Bob Maddox. And Bob was a digger in the early days. They were, uh, it was the San Francisco thing here that you could sit on, you know, and the, he, he was in drugs and, occult and about everything but he was the one that did uh the light organ he he created an organ where for every note there was a corresponding color wow. so when you when you played it he saw saw everything in color was, anyway that's 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 him so we're in chico california the university at night time when the you know place is opened and mario had a, a meeting there and uh, there was Bob sitting there stoned, you know, looking. Uh, and he and Mario pointed at him and said, you stand up. So he's looking around to see if it's somebody else. No, no, you stand up. And Bob stood and in 15 minutes, he got saved, delivered from demons, delivered from drugs, 
got baptized in the Holy Spirit and called into the ministry, and he's still in the ministry today. <sighs> and then I realized what it was, because listening now, then now looking at at Finney's oldest grandchild, when he said, "I'm going to tell you some things about my my grandfather that nobody's ever heard. Nobody has ever been able to." to copy what he's because they didn't have tape recorders or anything so when they you know some people were you know legal things they could type very fast and pretty much whatever you said i, I could do that in high school you know just, if somebody was talking i pretty much write down everything they said if they sneezed i put sneeze you know <laughs> so so i'm looking at this deal this five hours that he preached uh they couldn't write it down. When he got two or three, maybe three or four minutes into the message, it was like walking into a movie. Everything became real to them. If he was talking about the, you know, the 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 storm that comes, you could feel the storm. It was like it was happening. Do you remember with Jonathan Edwards when? when he was preaching sinners in the hand yes. nobody remembers him but they he was talking about the what will happen if you die and people felt like the ground was opening up underneath him well that happened for hours with finney when people tried to write down what he said that uh you know half an hour later they they couldn't remember it all they were just so freaked out <laughs> And I thought of quite a few got saved. Almost everybody in that law school got saved. Almost everybody. The first one was the guy over the school, and he got up and he went. He got on his knees and he said, <laughs> he "Got saved." And then the, all the other ones that were coming got saved. Almost it was over eighty percent got saved. Wow. So I'm I'm trying to find out more about this guy. So the reason I'm giving all of that is this: there's something happening there. We know that his a lot of people hated him. You know, they just because he was so different from everything else. He didn't go didn't go to a particular college, and but here's what he was. Uh, here's uh, one of about halfway through his life. In most of the pictures of Finney, you see that he looks old and you know his very scary looking eyes and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, he was like six foot two in his stocking feet. His eyes were blue, you know, bright blue and scary blue sometimes. They said it looked looked like you with steel looking at Yeah, you. his I've seen those pictures. It looks like he's looking into your soul. <laughs> well, anyway, here's what so halfway through this his life and ministry, somebody said we need to to, to make a uh, you know, a story about your work and what, what's happening with these revivals. We need to write a book or something about it. So he didn't want that to happen, but he, but the guy said, well, if we get somebody to work on this, would you at least have a look at it? So some lady who was a journalist, very good writer, uh, uh, started writing what she felt was a, a good bio of him. And then he picks it up and he has a look. And he's totally embarrassed. He said, hmm. this is all about me. <laughs> he said, it's not supposed to be about me. It's supposed to be about Christ. And then he burned it. 
he burned the entire thing of six solid months of that lady putting the best stuff she could put together oh my goodness so he had no he didn't want that see so right at the near the end of his life now his best friend he's coming back to the same thing charles we need to have some record of something so i'm going to put some stuff down about you and then then he had to edit it because finney would tell him well this guy was that's his name and when she came down, this was Mrs. So-and-so. And he said, you can't put people's names in. People will know that, <laughs> that you know, they, but, but that's the way he spoke, you see. It was real and total. So the mind-blowing thing is this. I thought, well, how did he go and speak to a bunch of lawyers that were as sneaky as possible, can get away from anything, you know, really good at that. How did he get to stay with talking with them? So here's two things. The one little clip that his his um, friend put into his thing, and you can still see it today, a huge chunk he had to take out because he said nobody would believe that. You know, when he talks about the Holy Spirit coming? Yeah. And he's talking about that. Everybody thinks it's sort of the, a feeling that he had about the coming of the Spirit. He said it moved the hair on his head. <laughs> so when you read that, you go, oh, God, it's not just a, a vision or an idea. It was actual visitation. See? Wow. So here's what the guy puts. He puts it. It's almost like a sentence. It goes, he's talking about Fanny, where Fanny mentioned. He said, no man. So 4th of July, back in those days, every state had the equivalent of a Olympics, you know, for 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 young people, uh, not teen, not child children, but you know, young young men, young young women. They had this thing. Anyway, Fanny went into a whole bunch of the things, and he won everything. What? <laughs> he won everything. He this is what he said. He said no man could knock his hat off no man could outrun him out jump him out wrestle him he said when he was teaching children he'd lie down in the thing and they'd all jump on top of him and he'd say are you ready and then he'd just stand up like a lion with cubs flying away on either <laughs> side he was like flaming superman that's what he was like <laughs> and he looked like it and it terrified people can you imagine somebody who could beat anybody at anything <laughs> Did you, and here's another one that's blew my mind. Did you know he was a singer with perfect pitch? No, I had no idea. He was a, an incredible musician and singer. That's where he met his first wife that he, you know, Lydia, the, the, because he went to sing, they invited him to come and sing part of the choir there. And that's where he met her. But she died and then he actually, two other, wives that he had all of them hung out because he was an incredible musician and singer wow so when you read this stuff you will not flat believe it so when i looked at mario's thing it said exactly what finney said his son his grandson said he never used notes at all he walked wow. up there he had a bible but he never used notes 
And he said, I talked to God and I asked him, what should I speak on now? And then ah. he got it straight. Now, I don't know. I, I, you know, some of my, my favorite preacher of all, uh, all time would be um, Peter Marshall. And I, if you've I, read, I, I, I haven't Marshall, read anything from him. Peter Marshall, uh, his wife stayed alive quite a long time. Uh, but there was a movie, a major movie made on his life called A Man Called Peter. And Peter Marshall became chaplain of the Senate. And, you know, he was a Scottish guy. But anyway, I I never met his, uh, I never met him, but I met his son. His son was the one that wrote The Light and the Glory and a bunch of those. Oh, wow. Things. So I preached with his son, Peter Marshall Jr. Both of them died. His, you know, his dad died and then he died. So I'm still around today. <laughs> but anyway, looking at things like that, you realized how much they trusted the Holy Spirit. That it's really, it has to do first with thinking like God thinks. And I told you when I did that spiritual vocations thing, the unusual thing about that, which has never happened in anything, including the study Bible, when I um, when I was writing that, I I told you, and you have a copy of that. Did, did I send you a, a the, which one? The vocations? Yes. Ah, uh, yes, I believe so. You do. It's a big. Book. You you've sent me a few emails. I know we uh, talked about the vocations quite a bit last time. Right. Me, I'm going to pull this up and just see if I can. Let's see, because I've gone through like, a lot. It looks like this. Oh, um, yes, I believe right. you did. Yeah. It's huge. It's a big fat. Yeah. You showed me last time. Like, oh, it's incredible. Well, this is the one that I thought might have about 10 pages that I could put into volume two yeah. of nature and character of God. And so those, those, just those two simple questions I asked, well, this is recovering 2007 from dying in Korea. So I'm asking the Lord, it's just two questions. What do you do that isn't religious? Cause I'm not working with, I'm not really a church working person. I, I speak in churches sometimes. I'm in universities, high schools and festivals and those kind of things, you know, I'm working with kids. So anyway, asked him that, what do you do that isn't religious? And then the second was A and B, and I put this in the book. Um, uh, how do I know that it's you showing me something in your book? How do I know it's you? Not that I had pizza last night and a good idea or something. So if you want me to see something, how will I know it's you showing me this? So now I'm on this part little section of where it is from his book bible and and then the second part to be is okay i think it's you showing me this so what does this mean that i'm looking at and i mentioned to you we can see john 316 everybody carries it around the football games holds it up yeah john yeah. 316 and stuff but you can look at that when you're a brand new person, you can come back 20 years later and look at it again and go, I never saw that what I'm, what I'm seeing is because of the dimensionality of God's thinking. So if we learn, I told you 
what happened with me when I died in Korea. And then I came back. Um, I, I could see things that I've never been able to see before. And the thing that was mind blowing to me was that when I asked him that, is this what I'm looking at? And then what are, you, what are you saying about this thing? I could see the words before I wrote in 80, over 80%. Wow. I could see the words, not, not floating in a Ouija board or something, but me with my little three fingers damaged hand on this one here. <laughs> I could actually see just like the, and the bottom zoom phone provides local. I could see those words and type fast as I could. And that's at least 80% of what you see. So I did it in a broad, in a, you know, a, a what do you call it, uh, darkened thing. But it's supposed to be in the original, the actual scripture is supposed to be 12th. But I wanted to make this slightly smaller, even though it's bolded. Yeah. I wanted to make it a 10 or 11 because I wanted people to know this isn't the Bible. It's not the Bible you're looking at. It is mm. comment, something made on the Bible. But the core of that thing was uh, eight, at least 80% of what those, I call them um, like a Japanese thing, you know, a haiku, uh, like a simple little, not quite a, what Trump used to use, like a single statement in his Twitter, not, not like that. Yeah. Something like that, where, where what you're writing is actually, it's revelation is what you're writing. So I have a serious library. <laughs> this is a serious library. But the majority of what I've got in those things Every now and then I'll just say, I remember John Dawson said this, and I remember reading this, yeah. but a huge chunk of them I've never seen before. I've never spoken on them before. I've never heard anybody else talk about them mm. before. Whole chunk of it. And the only reason is, is because when I, when I just before I came back from the dead, <laughs> um, I was, you know, waiting to see Jesus and I never saw him. So, and I put this in. People asked, "When you died, did you see? Did you hear angels?" I said, "No, I didn't hear any angels." Did you see? And you know, did you go to heaven? I said, "No, I didn't go to heaven." And uh, they thought you wouldn't would have made it anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> and then uh, all they, well, did you go to hell? And I said, "No," and they were a bit disappointed, but I, I hadn't gone to hell. But then they said, did you see Jesus? And I said, no, I didn't see Jesus at all. And they said, well, what if that happened to you? And when I came out, when I, just before I, my breath came back into my body, I realized what I've been seeing for the last two weeks when I was in a coma, I saw stuff I couldn't, I couldn't understand. Like I could look through walls of things and I could see stuff happening. I, I didn't understand how that happened. So, at all. so you were, you were in a coma, but you were yeah. still like Almost awake. Two weeks in a coma. Yeah, I couldn't come out of that coma. They, they couldn't get me out of it. They'd but you were in. still aware while you were in the coma. 
I was not aware that I was in a karma. I was huh. in a, I was in a world. Yeah. And, and that's what people say, well, what was it like? You know? Yeah. So, so some of the things I don't understand what I saw, I probably never will. Some of the things I did understand that it surprised or shocked me what I saw. And then you think, well, maybe it's um, the drugs that they gave you or something, you know, there's all these different options of what's possible. But the major deal is when he's not standing with me, he's not coming out of, he's, the wall hasn't opened and I go through into the heavens things and not like little Jesus, Batman coming up from the very far distance so that, that I can't see the end of that beautiful white corridor just going forever. So I, that, and then I thought, I know what he's going to do. He's going to sneak up behind me. He's going to put his hand <laughs> on the back of my uh, head like he did, he did that twice before. And then and then I said, well, this time I'll catch him. <laughs> because I'm a scientist, I'll turn very fast just as he's reaching out. I go, I got you. you know? So I turn around. This is, you know, I'm not breathing, by the way, in all of these things. I can't breathe anymore. And there's no pain, no fear, nothing. Just, I, I'm not going anyplace. I'm just there. So when I flip around, he's not there. He's not behind me. So then I turn back slowly and I think, well, where are you? And that's when I said, so it was like, a, and I tell people, it's like a blink. A blink of an eye is a hundredth of a second. It's like that. Very super fast. But my eyes didn't blink. My eyes were wide open. There was no blinking at all. But there was like a shift. And I suddenly realized he's not outside me. He's inside me and he's looking out of my eyes and I'm looking through his. Wow. And then my breath rushed back into my body and I sat up and I was alive. Again. So when people ask me and I put it in the, <laughs> what happened to you? I said, I saw the world the way God sees it. Wow. And every now and then it happens again. I can see something that I've never seen before. And that's why I said the unusualness of the vocations thing was to see. To see it, like print it, and then you type it out and then you look at it afterwards and say, dear God, where did that come from? And that's exactly what it is. It's dear yeah. God. So wow. I have a friend, a friend this happened to too. And this is the book. This is Tim. He, he thought it was going crazy. But this is his name, Mark Holloway. This guy here. And these, wow. the books that he's done. I've forgotten what they're called. Anyway, but he, the start of what he did was having that thing talking to God and then he's like God's talking back and he's going, is that really you saying that stuff to me? And Lauren Cunningham's book, is that really yeah. you God? It's the same kind of thing. But why should we be surprised at that? Because he says, if you trust me, I'll come into you. I'll, I'll have party, I'll party with, you know, he, yeah. He says that, and we think, oh, that's what a lovely metaphor there. What a beautiful 
idea. It's not a flaming metaphor. It's real. <laughs> That's he, right. doesn't, he just doesn't. He doesn't. I can't say he doesn't care that you don't know. It's just that for him, it's it's normal. It's what normal is, and that's what Finney had, and that's what Mario has. So and you that, think that it's that they can they understand that God is yeah. seeing the world through them, that God is it within them, and they they grasp that more than most of us can. Yeah, I think so. It's because we. I don't know what that. I don't know why that is. It's because any more than I can tell you how that that I guessed that's what was going to happen to me. When it happened, it was a shock, not just a surprise. It was a shock. And the other shock one was the the thing I told you about the entertainment thing. Yeah. When it was two in the morning, and I I'm laughing at some of the stuff he's uh, he's. In, saying he's an entrepreneur and he's a cleaner and I'm looking at all these things and say, okay. And when he said that one, it flaming shocked me. So that I said out loud, no way. And then he said it again, because he, he said it like this, I am an entertainer. It's almost like just, by the way, I'm an, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> he goes out and I go, no way. And then he says it again like this, I am pause and entertainer you never mess with i am you, you never mess with that one that's his name if you want to know his name it's i am i am that i am and he ain't like anybody else so i can't i can't tell other people you should do this and do that all i know is that when mario was uh, I asked him, Mario, how did this set of things trigger for you? You know, yeah. because like like you, we've been well, I've been saved over close, close to sixty years now, so long enough to know what not what you're not supposed to be doing. But he did mention something to me, and I don't know if this should be sent out, so I, I won't tell you the whole detail. But he, the three friends. Three people that most affected his life was Catherine Coleman and David Wilkerson and Oral Roberts. Those three people were important and significant to him. And each one left him a message, just a single statement. And Catherine said, Trust the Holy Spirit. That's what she said. Trust the Holy Spirit. So I guess that's what it, one of those core things is. We, we need to trust the Holy Spirit. And that means the other thing, did I send you the seven shocking things about revival? No, I was just looking through the emails that you've sent me. I don't have the, the vocations book um, or, or this one. Well, I got to send you these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the vocations thing, you know, that it's only 20 bucks for this thing if you wanted to buy the actual thing but i'll send you the digital version because you can still take whatever bits you want out of that and i yeah. own them I, amazon <laughs> is not my publisher it's my bookstore so can i can i get it on amazon or do i get it off your website no you can get 24 7 if you if you're uh what do they call it prime yeah i've got prime prime it's 20 bucks yeah. Oh, I'm going to get it. That thing will give you the, and it'll, if you 
if you went when we hang out, if you you know order it over the thing in three days time it'll be in your letterbox it's print on demand or you can get the cheaper version that's the um, kindle and that's only like eight bucks or something yeah but the cool thing about kindle though you can't take stuff away you can add stuff to kindle you, and the idea i wanted for people is to be able to use vocations thing like a journal mm. because as you as you find the facets of God's character that he's put into your life, many of which you may not have even used, you know, or never had a chance to use those things, then if, if that's true, then a bunch of people would be able to do those things, the, the stuff that I found in what I wrote. In other words, there'd be 400 people may write something on that first and it'd be different from what I put down. Yeah. Because this was just what he showed me and I only passing it on because I thought it was amazing to him. Not like everybody should see this. You don't have to see it. Maybe you get your own. Can you, can you tell me, um, well, and people who are listening, cause you knew Leonard Ravenhill, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. Can you can you talk about him a little bit? Just because I I have his the giant biography of him uh, in light of eternity. I just he's yeah. so dear to my heart. I so wish I could have met him. I watch his sermons on YouTube, and I would You're love to just man. I would man. love to hear about him. If you could just share about him a little bit. Well, um, first, um, David Ravenhill was best man at our wedding. He, you know, we've been long term friends with the Ravenhills. And then when we were in Texas, he lived just down the road from where we stayed. You know, we stayed on the Wyoming Ranch there, and he was maybe five minutes down the road. Could tell you two lions there on his little driveway there. Uh, Leonard, when he was young, uh, traveled with a couple of uh, other guys from the Bible College, Chadwick, I think, Bible College, amazing guy, godly man. His famous book that, like everybody and their uncle has read. Why Revival Terries? Yeah. <laughs> in Bible College, that was, the, you know, that. Uh, so uh, with, with Leonard, he was, a, it seemed like a stern man, but he was actually very compassionate. Uh, but he never, he never fooled around. You know, he wasn't like, hey, let's go and have fun and stuff. He was <laughs> quite serious. He didn't preach forever. He didn't preach for like 16 hours or something. But um, very often he'd almost be crying when he's telling people they're going to hell. You know, it's he'd not, he was very real in what he did. Uh, when he died, I was there at his funeral. And he, he didn't have his glasses on. So, because he always wore those glasses. But he was, um, it was almost like this is what he would have been if, as a young, a young man. Yeah. You know, that thing. Um, I'll send you a couple of pictures. In, in oh, I would love that. I would love that. He, he was an amazing man. But his, remember this, if you sat down with him, he would say something like, like for instance, he'd 
with David Wilkerson, who was also in that area, uh, he would tell them, he would get a book for David and he'd read the whole book, you know, but he'd put that in David's hands. So David would go, oh, there's some amazing stuff in here. So he had that, that kind of thing. Um, but that's the interesting thing that I, when um, every month in his house, he had a prayer meeting usually for pastors and stuff. And it wasn't advertised, you know, like come to the Leonard Ravenhill prayer meeting thing. It was more like um, just personal, you know. Yeah. But he'd have sometimes 20 or 30 pastors and evangelists and stuff come. And he just shared with that thing, prayed with them and stuff. But um, when he died, um, Arthur, his wife, uh, said there was one great disappointment that Lynn had. He he had asked God that he would still live until he saw the next revival. That's what that's what he said. And so when he died, he felt he he, he didn't get to see it. But looking at that, and this is one of the things I've got in seven shocking things. He didn't know that he saw it. That, you know, you and I, we talked about this, I think the first time that we spoke, because I was asking asking you about revival, and we talked about Leonard Ravenhill. And that, that was one of the amazing things to me whenever you told me that, that he had been disappointed when he died. Yeah. Because when I read his his book and his stories, I, I'm sitting there thinking, this man lived in revival his entire yeah. life. Yeah. And that's the point. The point is that he, the, the flavor of his life was rooted in what God did. And I think Samuel Chadwick was the guy that was his kind of mentor there. And so the, the spirit, it's like the Jesus movement, you know, the Jesus movement yeah. had a block of time, maybe 20 years, but the Jesus movement wouldn't happen again now, not right. that one, but it might be another Jesus movement. And, and the whole point of that is God never does the same thing twice. That's the whole heart of that deal. Everything when he says, if you want to know what, what I'm like, study what I've made. And I said, you could add, see if you can make it yourself. <laughs> see how incredible it is. It actually is. But when you when you see that, you realize uh, everything that's alive or moving, which ties intimately with revival, is never identical. Well, Winky, I thank you so much. It is it's such an honor to always just hear from you. I, I honestly I could just sit here all night and just listen to your stories. I I just love it, and I I just uh, thank you. I don't know what else to say. Just thank you so much for taking the time to do this this interview. I'm send you these things. You're going to get a, a digital version of uh, this locations thing. I got to send you the seven shocking things. Uh, Give me a couple other fun things. Oh, yeah, and the funny. The funny yes, thing. please. Yes. I'm so excited to read those. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Winky. Uh, I'm thank sure we'll talk again much. soon. I hope you have a great day. 
And I know people are going to be really blessed by this. Thank you. All right. You have a good afternoon. You too. Hit the little button. I, I know I've got one somewhere here. <laughs> okay. I'll do it. I'll do it. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks so much. Thank you.